Good evening and welcome to the Dark Laughs podcast. This is the first in a series of recordings where we'll be examining the local news of the UK with some of the most weird, out there and extraordinary stories available. You're delivering quite a bill there, quite a, quite a bill of goods. That's okay, I'm, I'm happy with that. My name's Sam Freeman and I'm joined this evening by... Tim Franklin. The way you say this evening suggests that at some point you're going to replace me and I thought I was a regular <laughs> fixture. Well, you know, it's the first podcast. Uh, if everything goes badly wrong, it's kind of <laughs> awkward silences. Um, so essentially, the format of of this podcast is is us trying to un- outgun each other with various news based items from the local press of the UK. So I am quite concerned that Sam is going to annihilate me on this, um, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see. I think there's such a variation of publications. Uh, particularly uh, this evening. Uh, I've gone for the Wirral Globe, uh, that well-known institution. Uh, the Scarborough Evening News, uh, popular only with people in Scarborough and only just with those people. And and this is Lincolnshire. Uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much says everything you need to know about what this podcast is about. What, what have you gone for? I've, uh, I've got less imagination, Sam. I've only gone for one uh, local publication i've gone for the westmoreland gazette a gazette named after a part of the united kingdom that no longer exists i don't know uh, where is westmoreland is it a real place westmoreland well mm, it's not a real place anymore it wasn't exploded or anything um they didn't didn't get rid of it in the second world war but uh it's just been divided up and it's been given to cumbria and other places but there's no westmoreland so the locals are very unhappy they don't like i'd that. imagine so um yeah. So, um, did you want to kick off with your first story? Um, I will open. I will open with the one that is open on the screen in front of me. Very well. Man held after fight at school play. Really? Uh, you went for that? I, I, did, have you seen that as well? I had that as well. Oh, synergy, synergy. Well, okay. mine is admittedly through the Press Association. It's not local news. Westmoreland Gazette, cutting corners, perhaps a result of the straightened financial times we're in, or mainly the decline of local news. They're reprinting something from the Shields Gazette in South Tyneside. Um, but What exactly happened? Was it just a shit production? Or... Um, uh, the man gets arrested uh, after a father has his finger bitten off at a school nativity play. And I'm assuming that's not just um, someone going a bit arto and theatre of cruelty and deciding that they, they really uh, need to get a bit of it. I, you know, um, I one think- bit... I can't think of a single section as part of of the nativity where finger biting might come into the plot. You know, there's not that classic moment, is there, where where this kind of oh the, the baby Jesus was lying in the cot and the, the wise men came in and then baby Jesus bit their finger off. Um, or, you know, Surely it would be Joseph. Joseph gets really drunk at the imputations made by the wise men that Jesus is the son of God. Most Joseph obviously wants to say. Jesus is the son of Joseph, a hardworking carpenter. When the wise men insist, he uh, accuses them of being uh, intellectual snobs and, uh, and, and goes for the fingers. Do you imagine that was kind of an awkward, the night after Mary had given birth and Joseph's kind of lying there going, so those wise men, they were, uh... look, if you had an affair, I just want you to say, just want you to say, Mary, uh, Holy Spirit, yeah. Was it vodka? Was it? Okay, that's that's a good start. I, I'm not sure what to match that with. To be I honest. like I like the combination in this article of school play and witness. Um, <laughs> I think those go yeah, go together quite well. Uh, one witness who did not wish to be identified. 
Uh, it's one of the parents. You could probably work <laughs> out the cast list, you know? It's probably, I like the anonymity of that. I'd love it if it the, was... A... The article doesn't actually state what the argument was over. Presumably, to kick off... I can understand kicking off at a kid's school football match. You know, you, you, you have strong feelings about football. How is it possible to have strong feelings about what's presumably the nativity play? There's not even sides in the nativity. You know, it's not wise men versus donkeys. That would that'd not... be an excellent nativity, wouldn't it? Just the donkey on the left wing, cutting in before lobbing it over for an overhead kick from a donkey into the goal. <laughs> Pass from Bartholomew, chief of the wise men, and uh, then we have a conversion. By... I'm mixing my sports up here because I'm not actually, a... I have no interest in any physical activity. I've got to admit, I, I went for football, you went for rugby, and we, we created some sort of rugby. The story I've, I've gone for is... is um... It's called uh, Lightning Bolt May Have Started Blaze at Luxury Hoy Lake Home. And it's from the World Globe. And the, the thing I love about this story is the fact that they have no proof whatsoever. It's lovely. A, a, bolt, a bolt of lightning may have been the cause of a blaze. You know, in the same way that an exploding pigeon may have been the cause of the blaze. I like the uh, epistemological ambiguity there. That's a very I... long word there. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm quite impressed with myself. Well but I like the idea that perhaps perhaps somebody saw the lightning bolt, but these guys are going, you know what? I'm not going to accept that as proof. I need to see another lightning bolt. I'd I'd want confirmation on this. I just it just seems a bit odd. It's it's pretty much a non-story. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a bolt of lightning may have caused the blaze at the large detached house, or it may have been <laughs> the inhabitants smoking crack in the roof space. You know. <laughs> There's, there's, it's that letter. It's the May. It's, it's just completely unfactual. Completely destroys the story. And the thing is, they've got pictures of this house um, on the website, and essentially they... the pictures are a picture of a fireman looking at a house, a fire engine outside the house, and the house itself. And at no point does it look like it's burned down. In fact, if anything, it looks like it, it looks brand new. There's no damage whatsoever. So a bolt of lightning may have been the cause of a blaze that caused practically no damage at a large detached house you know it doesn't make sense they should really expand how they're reporting on this i think they should um sort of maybe get a uh, an image of thor god of lightning um smiting the house just to extrapolate on the possible cause of the lightning i mean some sort of imagination i mean th there is a comment from it from somebody called cheesy peas who says a million to buy the place a million to renovate it seven days before they move in kaboom unlucky i love that that's all they wrote and it's all in the spaces the fact they wrote seven days before they move in kaboom unlucky <laughs> i like that the, i imagine they, they probably eat a lot that of sounds pie. like the uh, that sounds like the title crawl uh for quite a good uh thriller movie uh in in the vein of paranormal activity <laughs> Yeah. One million to renovate it. One million to buy the property seven days before they move in. I like that the comments have, have about as much accuracy in reporting the story as the actual article. So the article, Lightning Bolt may have started the, the blaze. One million to buy the place, one million to renovate it. That's a very precise amount of pricing they've done there. Um, it just it just seems all a bit coincidental. I imagine Cheesy pieces probably the person who wrote the story i like to imagine that uh cheesy peas that's his christian name uh, he's he's from a, a long line of peas um and and his 
father, possibly his mother, I don't know who named him, was very fond of cheese. So, um, do you, what's your second story? Uh, well, we have to we have to decide whose story won that. Uh, Christ, I think. I I suspect that that your story might have won it, but the complete lack of writing ability, research, uh, or indeed journalistic skill. Um, I, I'm going to go with yours. I'm okay. Go with yours. Okay. Well, I I I think we call that a draw then. In that case. Um, so do you want to move on to story number two? <laughs> Uh, my second story uh, I have chosen almost entirely for its brevity. Uh, it consists of four paragraphs uh, and coincidentally four sentences. Uh, and the last one of those is actually uh, inviting us to contact Crime Stoppers if we have any information uh, about the subject of the article, uh, which is the title given is logs stolen from Bardsey um, and the um, the first paragraph doesn't really expand on that uh, it tells us that thieves uh, were the people who did the stealing as opposed to vicars uh, no, vi- no vicars steal logs clearly I I have known some thefty vicars actually I haven't that's that's a dreadful uh, I knew one who was a, a recovered heroin addict but I had no evidence that he was stealing you know, and I, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, there's four four of these logs have been stolen from Red Lane in Bardsey, uh, and the logs were ten foot long and four foot in diameter, so quite hefty. But there's 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 not much speculation in contrast to your last uh, article. Really, they they do just leave it at the given facts. They they haven't even speculated on what sort of vehicle these considerable logs are transported in. Have you considered that what would what would you feel like if you were the police officer waiting to find out that you'd be waiting at the station going, is there a murder today? No, nothing. How about a rape? Oh no, nothing. That's good. Uh, any sort of excitement at all. And then suddenly there's the fluttering at the door and in they run. Wait, wait, I've got something. I've got something for you right now. What is it? Someone stolen my logs. Well, hold the press. I love the possessive there. My logs, like there's a, a, a close relationship with these four large inert dead tree remnants as if you could be maybe these logs have emotional significance for someone maybe this isn't about the financial value of the logs it's because they they played an important role in someone's childhood can you imagine ringing up crime stoppers uh, and, <laughs> crime and stoppers. yeah just go, just go hello is that is that crime stoppers yes i've noticed uh, that uh, that some logs have been stolen and i've seen them walking past they were being dragged by particularly Particularly foreign-looking men, those regular, those, those. You know, just imagine just being on the other end of that. I like. Going, I, 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 could you I describe like... the logs? Did they? Did they? Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does. It just doesn't work. How many rings did I'm, they have? <laughs> I'm imagining them being sold down the pub along with all the tellies with the plugs cut off. Just a bloke coming in with a massive coat <laughs> and clearly a log underneath it. Just going, John. Uh, John, some logs. Logs under here. I don't want a log. I don't know why it's a cockney. Just, just for, to make that a, a note, cockneys uh, do not steal logs. Um, they don't because, have logs in there's, Cockney land. There's no they, logs uh, in London. The nearest, the nearest thing to logs they have is uh, red phone boxes, uh, and they actually think those are trees. Um, um, don't kill a cockneys. Um, I, I like to imagine it on the uh, the Crime Stoppers TV show with. Uh, 
who is it? Who is it? Does the Crime Stoppers TV show? I want to say it's uh, Anne Robinson. It's Anne, Anne Robinson. I think she's on Watchdog. She moved over. She's become too good for Crime Crime Stoppers. Maybe she does both. Maybe she is the voice of law and order for our society. Yeah, but I, I like to imagine Anne Robinson saying. I, I was going to go in a bad direction. I like to imagine Anne Robinson, and then I just sort of drift off into into the misty distance there. I like to imagine Anne Robinson uh, actually saying, "Well, tonight." Let's see, I can't do an Anne Robinson imitation. We need, a, we need an impersonator to Not get yet. the gist of what I was going at. Would be that she'd be saying something about the logs, and it'd be funny. Um, it's very difficult to to do Anne Robinson impressions without the ability to do an Anne Robinson impression. I think that if anything, we've learnt there. Um, I, I have two stories to go up against your your second one, but I can't decide which one to go for. Uh, it's tough. So I've got the first one is 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 from uh, this is Lincolnshire. Okay. Um, which um, I I only picked. Uh, it's from the Gainsborough Target, which is apparently a newspaper. It would seem, um, and the article is church roof campaign in Lincolnshire village reaches reaches halfway point. And that's it. That's that's all that's happened. Um, the roof campaign is halfway there. Uh, Are they halfway up the roof, or is that left ambiguous? Is it halfway to their funding goal? Well, they've they've raised thirty three thousand pounds, which is an admirable effort. Yeah, um, I think that's that's they've tried quite hard there. But what I really liked about this story is it, it's on the This Is Lincolnshire website, but next to the title, it's got a little star and a rosette saying "trusted source" next to it. As if loads of people have been passing off information about church roof campaigns, but they've all been lies. And I do, I quite like that. It's it, it, as if people kind of go, oh, it's a trusted source. I can definitely believe this church roof campaign story. A church in Bradlethorpe has erected an enormous statue of Elvis and between people, its fourth and third gables. Before, before that logo came into play, everybody would believe that. They'd say, oh, oh the Elvis statue. Oh. But it, it wasn't true. It wasn't true. How did we know? Well, this is Lincolnshire has sorted that problem. The other story I, I found was um, a national news story, which is about an, an MP explaining the Christmas single uh, mix-up, which is essentially a Liberal Democrat has been forced to deny that he was releasing a Christmas single after <laughs> local journalists. I know it's really no. Local journalists failed to spot a press release he was he issued was a spoof. Um, <laughs> Uh, essentially they all thought he was releasing a single and his name's Don Foster now if you were going to release uh, a song for Christmas and your name was Don Foster that is the perfect name for a Christmas release it'd be funky, it'd be cool but unfortunately you probably wouldn't be a Liberal Democrat um, which kind of makes it a little bit sad Um, but uh, the best bit I liked about it was but some journalists failed to spot that it was a spoof despite the inclusion of a quote from Chris Kingle of Ukulele Maestro magazine um, I, this, this, this podcast is in no way endearing the world to journalists or indeed showing any sort of skill uh, that's created I, um, but yeah no, I, I quite like that story I'm not sure which, which to go for though to be honest I, I am quite fond of Oh God! Which of the two? I I think the fake, the fake single that nobody noticed. I think is definitely the better of those two. That is, that is quite quite a, a beautiful one, really. I think it's there's something quite magical 
um, about the the line. Um, the North Somerset <laughs> MP was releasing his first solo record in an attempt to reach the, covet- the coveted top spot in the singles chart this Christmas. Who in their right mind would believe that? Well, no, no, no. If, if, if a, li- a Liberal Democrat MP can pull one of the cheeky girls, I don't think it's impossible for a Liberal Democrat MP also to release a misguided Christmas single. And it would be misguided, wouldn't it? They'd, they'd perhaps... They do something like a uh, little drum, you know, little drummer boy with um, Bing Crosby and uh, David Bowie, something along those lines. Yeah, maybe they'd uh, maybe they'd have a, a xylophone accompaniment. It, it only ever works with a xylophone accompaniment, I think. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think you should have victory for that one. I, I like log stolen from Bardsey. I, I think <laughs> I can't think of of a worse thing to steal <laughs> and a worse thing to report as a crime watch, to be honest. Someone is very sad because their logs have gone. They're, they're, they're sitting there. They can see where their logs were, but the logs aren't there. And they can only think of someone else who has their logs and wonder what's happening to their logs. Do you think occasionally they, they, they kind of close their eyes and they go into kind of a dream sort of state and, and they're kind of thinking... There's a montage. Those, yeah, a montage of, of them with the logs. And they kind of think, I remember when we, we used to have the logs and we kind of hold each other tight, you know, when, and we'd, we'd gaze into each other's timber and, you know... I, I got so allured um, to my log, you know, it gave me wood at one point. Yes, gave me wood. Oh, it gave me wood. Um, yeah, you didn't see that coming. That's, that's an edit. That's an edit. Um, oh, uh, my you... my last story. Okay. What? So my final story uh, is uh, from the Scarborough Evening News, uh, mm-hmm. the legendary newspaper um, of Scarborough. Circulation ten, maybe twelve copies. Um, and, and this is my favourite story uh, of this week, and it's that there's a bravery award for Dotty the donkey. Oh. Yeah, and I'll give you. I'll give. What's read, she done? I'm going to read bits of this. A Scarborough okay. donkey is set to re- receive a bravery award from an animal charity after galloping in to save her friend Stanley the sheep from a, being savaged by a dog. Oh, there's a charity that administers these awards. Oh, you know what? I've just realised. Oh. I've just looked at it. It was published on the 1st of April. Oh! <laughs> oh. oh. You lose this round. You automatically lose. Automatically lose for not realising a... Um, see, the only reason I was attracted to this story is because in about 2002, um, there was a story in the Scarborough Evening News which made the front cover. And and the reason it made the front cover uh, was presumably because there was nothing else happening in the rest of the world on that day. Um, but the story was Donkey Still Recovering. And, and it was about a donkey which had been bitten by a dog um, and was still recovering. Now, now bear in mind that Scarborough is a town of 50,000 people. 50,000 people live in Scarborough. They work in Scarborough. They, there's people born there every day. There's people who die there every day. It has a big hospital. Yet on that particular day, on that legendary day, the best that Scarborough Evening News could come up with was donkey still recovering. Now... I realised I may have fallen for an April Fool's story in in trying to record some sort Sam, of comedic podcast. Yet you I can't. feel I feel fully justified in doing so, simply on the basis that it was almost impossible to distinguish it from a normal story. Sam, you have actually used up your your lifeline. 
you have used up your get out of jail. Well, it's not as bad as that actual thing. But but I can I can preserve you because I do actually have two for this round that I can't choose between. So we can still have the discussion, but you do definitely lose. Okay. This is definitely my round. So no mistakes there. So the first one is um I like it because of its specificity. Um and because of the strong opinions expressed as well. Actually, God, I've read the last line. It's great. Um, <clears throat> review. Marks and Spencer's Cafe, Kendall. Um, and I... But maybe this is really important for people wondering about... Oh, Christ. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, the the, inter, inter, uh, the entering uh, uh, paragraph is... At the risk of being labelled a typical man who can't multitask, I have to admit to not being comfortable combining clothes shopping with eating. That's quite a confession that he's made there, just it, as his it, opening. It's very gambit. brave, brave confession, isn't it? Um, I, he could be alienating the the eating, and I, oh, I, I, it ends with him saying. Um, the lunch bill came to seven pounds ninety, including coffee, which I think is a uh, quite a punchy little summary line as well to finish up with. Does it, what? What did he have to eat? Presumably, I can't. I can't think of yeah, anything you can buy at Marks and Spencer's that's less than a tenner. He selected turkey soup, which at three pounds twenty-five was great value for money, as well as being delicious. Actually, that's not the worst price for turkey soup. Maybe on the high side. Do a lot of people but... have turkey soup? Turkey soup, it is quite Marks and Spencer, isn't it? They have that tendency of taking, they take something which is nice, like chicken soup or normal crisps, and then they Marks and Spencer's them, which makes them more expensive but less nice. Have you? It's true. They, they, take, they yeah. take biscuits, and it's like, well, they take perfectly nice biscuits, except for their chocolate, their very, very chocolatey selection, which is a very good biscuit selection. Um, this has turned into a conversation about biscuits, isn't it? It's real dangerous. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, okay, well, uh, I do like that he makes the clarification that the dish contains so much tasty veg. It was like a soup doing an impression of a stew. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's a, quite that's wonderful. A, that is. Um, that's um, a talent show. So what, what was article number two? <laughs> article number two, um, this one is a great example of the um, the marvellous puns that you occasionally get. Um, and I'll let you form your, your own opinion about the subject of the article. Burnside Garden Intruder leaves trail of otter devastation. What the fuck? <laughs> otter devastation. That is the kind yeah. of story that you put on the front page just because you know people are going to go, what the fuck are they talking about? And the question is, when you read that, when you read that, is it an otter that has devastated things or an otter that has been devastated? Is there, do, do this Burnside couple wake to find that some garden intruder, perhaps a masked pervert, the kind that you find rubbing his legs vigorously outside your window late of the night um, while you're watching Strictly Come Dancing? Regularly happens. 
Yep. Um, and perhaps you wake up and you discover that this man has been around and rather than normally just, you know, masturbating in your flower bed as he does, he's he's wrecked a fuckload of otters on your lawn. Actually, that's not what happens. Um, just what you'd be otters just kind of lying there, just kind of grape, graping. graping. There'll be otters just lying there, groping their anuses. Just this hurts so much. Why did you let him do it? I'm a devastated otter. There's a trail of otter destruction. There wasn't just one otter. There were nine otters. All of them, all of them bleeding slightly. Uh, No, no. Linda Tiffany of Halgill Close Burnside woke up to find headless fish and half-eaten frogs strewn across her back garden. And after initially suspecting a mink was causing the damage, which shows you where, where we live, where, where Westmoreland is, it's a place where you can legitimately suspect minks of things. I can't think of any situation where I'd go, hmm, definitely a mink. You know, that, that's as, as likely as me, me going, hmm, that otter looks like it's been raped. <laughs> Unlikely. Well, there's, there's a little detective work in this story because she leaves the security light on one evening last week, very technical there. And when it activates, she goes to her bedroom window and sees a three-foot-long brown creature with a dirty white belly. Um, what is this mysterious entity? It's, it's, it's an otter. It is an otter that she's discovered. But I like that, we give her, that the, the article reports her initial description in case it could be another three-foot-long brown creature with a dirty white belly. Are there, are there um, a lot? I can't, I can't really think of many. Three-foot-long brown creatures with a dirty white belly. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of many. To be I honest. want to make a joke about politics, but I can't think of any three-foot-tall politicians that I hate. With a white um, belly. Yeah, well. exactly. They're t- a tough call. Well, I, um, obviously, you've taken the victory already. Um, which, which of your stories would you like to take the moral victory for? <laughs> I, uh, golly... It's a really tough choice. Um, I think otter devastation. Otter devastation. So uh, just to recap, the uh, victories went to the lightning bolt that may have started uh, fire <laughs> in the Hoylake home. Uh, but that was tied with your story, which was? And held after fight at school. So, <laughs> so that was obviously a draw, one all there. Uh, then we moved uh, on to uh, I was defeated again. Well, not again. I was defeated preemptively um, before your second defeat. Then I was uh, defeated preemptively before my second defeat uh, when my uh, church roof campaign and MP's Christmas single was beaten by logs, logs. being stolen. <laughs> and uh, it was wrapped up by, uh, unfortunately, me uh, conceding the final round <laughs> on the basis of failing to notice a 1st of April, April Fool's story in the Scarborough Evening News. Uh, thus, Tim, <laughs> wrapping it up with a, a 2-0 victory. Uh, how, do I, you... uh, how do I feel? Yeah. I, I quite like this game because I won the first time I played it. Are you feeling quite yeah. emotional and, and happy now? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping this isn't going to start a trend. That, that for the, if this will continue until I'll get so pissed off. Uh, that you replace with, me. That I replace, I replace you with lesser opponents. Uh, just I'll find somebody who's who just kind of wouldn't notice, or they kind of go April Fool's what? What's April Fool's Day? That's the kind of thing I'm kind of looking for. 
At this point, we can make a cruel joke about one of our mutual friends. We probably can, but we probably... There's only one mutual friend it would be as well, but... <laughs> yeah. Shall we hold yeah. off for a later episode? I, I think she knows... <laughs> yeah, she knows. She knows who is. she is, um, <laughs> and, and uh, she knows that at some point we'll mention her name publicly, but not until we have more people listening. No, I think uh, we, should, uh, we should... Yeah, we'll, we should build it up so that it's quite painful for her when it happens. It could be like, uh, a, a send in your who you think it's going to be, uh, thing and and every week we'll kind of go. You said it might be Diana Ross, and I'm afraid it's not Diana Ross. Uh, you just gradually build up and build up until people people reach euphoria, and then we'd release it and everybody'd be slightly disappointed. I'd go like, who? Who's that? I'd be like, we'd be like, she's gone to Cambridge, or is it Oxford? One or the two. One Maybe we can two. build it up until she uh, she has a successful career in politics. Well, let's be honest, uh, everybody who's who's heard this and who knows either one of us now knows who this is. Yeah, obviously. Um, but to all the people out there who accidentally downloaded this podcast and aren't our mates, um, it's a mystery. And we've just spent a few, a good few uh, minutes or parts of minutes alienating you. So um, sorry about that. Yeah, never mind. Um, Sorry, though, to be honest. I mean, let's be let's be honest. This is pretty self-indulgent, even even by it's even a by podcast. our own standards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I was saying that we should just have the that we should just have the Tim and Sam Circle Jerk uh, podcast, but uh, you vetoed that on the basis that we live too far away from each other to make true. it practical. That is true. Um, mm. So this kind of concludes and comes to the end of our our first podcast. Um, we. we We'll probably do one again. Um, if you enjoy, I've, 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 yeah, I've liked this. Let's I was, was going to do a really good ending there. Oh shit! With some sort of, you know, if you've enjoyed what you've listened, you've been listening to, then uh, let us know at darklaughs.com. Um, but but then you'd undoubtedly comment on the fact that I keep plugging. Yeah, yeah. Can I get a plug in? Yeah, no, of course you can. Uh, I'm on I'm on uh, unsuitableforadults.wordpress.com. I haven't splashed out and bought my own domain name. <laughs> um, so this concludes our first podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it and you come and join us again. Lovely. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>